everyone and welcome to the Luton Town Supporters Trust uh, podcast. This is season three. Uh, since we were last with you, a lot's changed in the world. England are cricket world champions. We have a new prime minister. But one thing that doesn't change is I'm Kev. I'm joined by James and Tony. And Hello. for this Hello. season preview podcast, we also have town fan Kev Steptoe uh, along with us. Hello. Uh, gents, Summerdwell. Yeah. <laughs> Very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Sunsea yeah. and Sangria, yeah. I can't go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we've had a few decent days of sunshine and we're still enjoying the last little bits of um, summer before the season starts. So we are outside recording this. So if you do hear a little bit of noise in the background, that's because we are suntanning as we speak. Um, well, there's only one place to start in a season preview, gents, and that's to review the last season really um, wouldn't normally do it I dare say but it was so good uh, why not take advantage of it again Tony um, two months on from the last time we congregated and did a podcast uh, still feels as good as it did then really doesn't it oh yes oh yes considering where we were ten years ago and how we all felt then and, and all of a sudden we're now in the second tier where we belong um, and the beauty about last season is it was so unexpected by everybody but didn't they play some superb football throughout the season a couple of adversities in particular losing the manager but Mick came in Mick and the squad took it to a whole new level and it was just fantastic one of the best seasons ever as a town fan Kev we've waxed lyrical about um, this season throughout sorry last season throughout the podcast that we did but obviously you're new and um, along for the first time just give us your thoughts on on that season how much you enjoyed it what you've taken out of it no absolutely it was definitely one to remember that's for sure Um, I think some of the football we played was Barcelona-esque dare I say (laughs) Um, probably the game of the season for me would have been uh, at home Portsmouth midweek in the snow that first 45 minutes was just football I've never seen before either on the telly live or in outer space it was just unreal Um, how we weren't 6 or 7 nil up at half time and of course ironically going back to pretty much the first game of the season Portsmouth away who we actually mullered them for 90 minutes and ended up getting beat one. Now, I think they had one shot on target in that game and that's where it all started. But um, but yeah, I mean, for me at the beginning of the season, I was sort of thinking maybe top six at a push would be great. But like like you say, obviously when uh, our former Jones um, decided to part exit stage left um, in January, my fears was the wheels would come off, but the absolute opposite happened. Um, you know, the big man came in took us on and I think the players almost it was like a, a mantra almost that you know we we're going to do this in despite of everything else so um, no, it was like living in a dream for <laughs> for about seven eight months it was unreal yeah considering what we've been through absolutely the, the previous years and, and to get back to back promotions oh, as well just, absolutely brilliant just unreal unreal James those um, celebrations in May they're still living in your memory I know it's not the greatest memory but they're still living in it well, I'm getting older, so the hangovers last a bit longer. Definitely, it was a good weekend, that wasn't it? Um, going up, no, it was, it was a sensational season, and I think I probably thought that mid-table at best would be the, um, the 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 on the menu for that season, considering they come up. I thought consolidation in that in that league, but uh, they surpassed my expectations frequently, and I think I'm on record saying every time we did a podcast that. They're just, they're just, you know, superseding what I was thinking they could achieve. So uh, it was an incredible season. 
you know, back to back, never been done before. But to actually go on and win the title after missing out the season, that before, had to be done for me. That had to be done. And, and the, the unbeaten run. run was great as well, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. Oh, um, blimey, yeah. It's, it's I mean, that's that's just never going to happen again, is it? Probably. No. Well, we've said that before, and I dare say we'll say it again. Um, inevitably, when a season finishes, players leave, and um, soon after the season finished, actually, five men were released, five senior players. There were a few youth team players as well. I guess the biggest one of those, Alan McCormack, um, yeah. going to be a big loss, Tony. Oh, yes. He, he, he was a... He was great for us over two years. Unfortunately, uh, the first season and I suppose second season as well, he suffered with injuries. But the influence he had on the pitch and in the dressing room as well, um, you know, I, I, I thought he was a tremendous player. He made such a difference. I think he was the player that took us to that next level. And um, I wish him well absolutely uh, yeah. Northampton town I mean what a uh, signing is for them yeah, as well by uh, the way a lot of my in-laws are, are um, Northampton town fans and I've been telling them what a bargain they've got absolutely, with him yeah. and he, he will make a huge difference to them great bloke as well very much so yeah always friend of uh, the podcast whenever we asked uh, for an interview he always gave us it so yeah we very much wish him all the best at Northampton and beyond uh, Kev um, we also let four others go uh, Jack Senior Luke Gambin Jack James and Aaron Jarvis I guess no real surprise in any of those particularly as a couple of them were out on loan no. towards the second half of the season but you know they made their impacts in checker trade games and things like that I mean Jack Jarvis was um um, James, sorry, he was a bit of a surprise because I thought when I saw him in the Checker Trey games, I thought he looked quite good, one for the future type thing. So that was probably the only one on the list that I was surprised about. Um, Gambin, when we signed him, I was actually really excited because I'd seen him, I think he was at Barnet, if I remember rightly. Um, yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. and I thought he was a great little player, really tricky little winger. I thought it would be great, but he just did just didn't work, unfortunately. I didn't think so. But, uh, but yeah, like you say, there's no real surprise. But, uh, We'll wish uh, all four of them well as well and thank them for the services to the club. James, um, well, it's been, it was spoken about season after season after season, but eventually we, we couldn't resist the Premier League as far as James Justin and Jack Stacey uh, were concerned. JJ left to go to Leicester very much with our best wishes, I think we uh, we should say. Still as, gutted, but yeah. As, <laughs> as with Jack Stacey who went to Bournemouth, both were big money, good money, dare say plenty of add-ons to come along, but they were the right moves for the two individuals and really the money was probably right at the same time. Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I understand um, it was around about the four million mark for Jack Stacey. With and one year left on his yes, contract. That, that's that's the caveat, isn't it? One year. but And that's football for you, but it does, for what he did for Luton, it seems a really cheap amount of money to go to the Premier no, I League. I concur with that, definitely. Um, obviously to lose uh, JJ... You know, the fans were singing about him. He's one of our own. Um, he's gone for really good money. The one thing I do hope for them both is that they actually play because if they, if they, um, they're the, they were the two big attacking weapons that Luton had, really. It's a lot of their play went through those two boys, and um, to lose them and for them not to play would be a bit of a wrench. But to lose them in general, anyway, I, I understand and I take your point that it was the right move for them. And that's the logical part of your brain, but football's not logical, <laughs> is it? It's just like it, it, they, it, the heart—not not the heart—but something has been ripped out of that team now, and I don't know if you can replace that. We'll see, um, and I, I hope they can. Um, you know, they've had their eyes on people for long enough. 
uh, probably knowing it was going to happen. In fact, Jack Stacey, the, the fact that you even got a season out of him, considering he had one foot out the door towards West Brom last summer, was uh, was absolutely fantastic. So, Well, the same with JJ too. I mean, if you think back to last summer, I think most people thought he was going last summer. I know there was no official sort of rumours about where he was going and the bids had come in for him, but everyone realised well, that, you know, he he was too good for us in League Two. Well, we, we always knew we were, we were going to lose them at some point. But um, the positive side of it as well, if you look at it, young players um, are going to look at that and see, well, you know, maybe Luton is the place to go because they develop players and they move on. I mean, we've had so many players that have come in and gone on to bigger and better things. And that that's all about boosting the reputation of the club and what we do for younger players. It's not just about the revenue coming in, but obviously the, the money that's coming in for them is, is, is welcome at the club. Yeah, I mean, a cumulative 12 million quid can go a long way. A rumoured 12 million quid can uh, go a long way. I should state that they were both undisclosed fees, weren't they? So um, I'm only going by newspaper reports and things like that. Uh, Kev, another one um, actually in the mould that Tony just mentioned of young players moving on. Arthur Reed left mm-hmm. to join Brentford B. A, what the hell is Brentford B when it's absolutely. home? Uh, and B, uh, it's a bit of a surprise move, really. No, absolutely. I thought within, I would say within 12 months, he would have been knocking on the door, definitely. I think he's a cracking little player. And sometimes you have to wonder who's speaking in the ear, to be honest. Um, and we've had a few players in the past where they would have been so much better staying. But um, it's one of those, sometimes you can't odds reason it, really, to be fair. So, um, yeah. Stranger yeah, was news. the... The absolute Twitter meltdown that went for a bloke that only played three or four yeah, games absolutely. in the Czech yeah. Trophy. Like, I think he's got potential, but don't throw a wobbly. You know, he's, he's, he's we, made his bed and he's going to have to lie in it. Had um, we outgrown him? Had, had, our, had our rapid rise possibly, been too quick possibly for him? Too quick, yes. yeah. I mean, that's possibly. Maybe. All the players yeah. that have gone, uh, some of them were let go and then players like him were moved on. You have to say that, yes, they've gone up two divisions, you know, um, rapidly. rapidly, very mm. quickly. And those players... Um, probably would have been knocking on the door if they were still in League One if they had done that consolidation thing and this was the season they were going to push maybe but you're up in the championship now and this a whole different it's another level yeah. another level I mean I must confess one thing I would say is um, obviously I was devastated to be honest when JJ <laughs> um, left <laughs> I was in mourning for about three days um, and, and the same obviously with Stacey really but I think the meltdown occurred because Reed happened a couple of days after Stacey and I think it was almost like the accumulation of all these three players then going. That, You're absolutely right. That's the, the thing third about, one. That's the thing about <laughs> it being like, everybody was being very strangely logical for those two players when they left. Oh, no, it's good. They're, you know, they're further in their careers. <laughs> I and I was thinking, I'm just gutted here. You know, I'm never going to see absolutely. Jack Stacey running down the wing in a Luton shirt at Kenworth Road again. Um, I'm on board with that one. I yeah. was devastated. I really was. And so everybody was sort of quite even-mannered about them two going. And then Reed went and went, Oh my God, what's going on? The world's falling. You're like, no, behave yourself. Yeah. But to be honest with you, James, I, I've been through it enough in the past. I, I, I can, you know, I can just about remember Rioc playing for Luton, but the one that sticks in my mind was Malcolm McDonald when, when he went. And you're thinking, I'm never going to see that power of pace again and that left foot again. And then, you know, Peter Anderson, who's one of my favourite players, I, I'm going to see him playing for Luton anymore. And then you can go on. Paul Walsh was another one. You know, Steve Buckley going back to the 70s for a second and moving on, you know, and I think the last player that um, Luton sold on that I got a little bit upset about was Roy Wigley. Mm. 
So you, you see it, it all happens, yeah. the time. Um, and and we didn't know who Stacey was yeah. three, four years ago. But so the thing is, it, it, it's football's a business and uh, <clears throat> every player's got their price. It doesn't matter how big a club you are. You know, if if somebody comes knocking with the right money and the right deal, you they'll sell a player. Every club in the world is a selling club. Yeah, well, I agree. Yeah. I, I agree, and, and that's I just, how it works. I just so, take the two things together and just think, I understand that logical argument. Yeah. <laughs> Why did he go? <laughs> Does he love us anymore? <laughs> but, but you couldn't, you couldn't stand there. JJ, you couldn't stand in his way. I mean, you know, he he could have gone. Before he yeah, actually did, ago, right, and, yeah. and I think not just the fact that um, he he was he's an exceptional player, but it's also the character of the guy. He's such a nice nice guy, yeah, and his dad as well, yeah. and, and you know, yeah. and uh, he will be missed. But I believe uh, JJ's already come out and said that um, you know when he hasn't got a game at Leicester, he'll, he'll be at Kenilworth Road. Yeah, yeah, Mitch, who knows? And mate. he'll always be welcome. That's all, Jack Stacey. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now I'm over it now I've got yeah. you know out of my dark room that was in for three days in the morning but yeah I'm alright now <laughs> I didn't get the chance of that I had people from Leicester Mercury and all sorts of Leicester papers on the dog and bone wanting to know the ins and outs of JJ I'm not his dad mate I must admit you, you, you probably did feel like saying he's useless you've wasted your <laughs> yeah, money what a waste yeah, of money yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what send it back on loan and there uh, you know uh, yeah uh, James that Arthur Reed deal being serious for a minute does it does it show that we've a need for a well not a B team because that's bollocks but under 23 team a development team a proper team in a league because you like these Premier League teams are just so that we can keep hold of these younger players for a bit longer well I mean that's the plan isn't it they want to build an indoor dome training facility uh, right next to the Braish where uh, yesterday there was a decision in the council chamber wasn't there because um, Venue 360 wanted to sell it to oldies and put a supermarket on there even though it's designated for leisure um, purposes Aldi have got a supermarket 10 minutes down the road in Luton and um, there's plenty of supermarkets around that area so it wasn't needed uh, it, for me it just comes down to what do the young people and the people of Luton need do they need another supermarket or do they need a world class facility that is aspirational that they can use and think oh I can use I can go there and that could be a springboard to something better it's, it's it's the aspirational effect of it is everything and so that would be the same for young players who see Luton and they have a um, under 23 or B team or whatever it is um, saying that they can go there and play there and get Develop. a move yeah. but arguably <clears throat> considering the reputation that Luton have and, and maybe money will change as the years go on hopefully for the better uh, it might be different but at the moment there's a there's a clearer route through the youth ranks to the Luton first team than there would be if you were in Chelsea's under twenty three side. Mm. So you know you've got much more pulling power. Yeah, yeah. You go from Chelsea's youth ranks to someone else's first team pretty quickly, don't you? Um, mm, absolutely. So players have left. As I say, we wish them all the very best of the future of uh, their careers. But they have been replaced, and uh, the first signing actually was a really interesting signing, Callum McManaman. Um, a few years ago, he was guiding Wigan to the FA Cup uh, under, well, Roberto Martinez, but obviously Graham Jones assisted him. And and he was talked about as a really, really big player. Obviously, it's gone a bit pear-shaped since then, but if we can get that player out, he's going to be a massive asset to us, you would think. 
Definitely, Kevin. Um, he, he definitely got all the attributes. I mean, that, that cup final for Wigan, he actually tore... The runner show, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he, he tore the opposition a new one, didn't he? Um, Manchester City. Yeah, 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 the opposition yeah, are, by the way. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, I, I've only seen him in the, the night friendly and, you know, you can't expect players to perform at 100% every single game. You can't judge uh, anything from no, that you Norwich can't, friend. You can't, no. Except you can't. Norwich are a very good team. Norwich are a very good side. Very and um, I think uh, if anybody can get top-notch performances out of him, it'll be Graham Jones, as he knows him. Uh, McManaman knows him. And uh, I think he, he, he's a potentially very exciting player who could you know, work very well for us. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, next man through the door, Kev, Martin Craney from Sheffield United. He's going to know a little bit about the championship, given that they were the champions of it last season. Absolutely. Uh, and that kind of experience certainly uh, can't go amiss. I mean, certainly from off the bat, you think he's, I think it was 14 or 15 games in a row towards the end of the season last season. And you don't play that many games for a team that goes up top if you're useless. So that was mm. the first thought I had. Obviously, seeing him, what I've seen of him in the old uh, YouTube dodgy clips that you also get, <laughs> He's probably not the fastest chap on the planet, um, but a proper... Oh, I personally think centre-half. I, I think he's more of a centre-half than a right-back, which is why I still think we need a right-back. Um, but I think he's the sort of player that if you needed a right-back in an emergency or a holding midfielder, an extra holding midfielder, or you want to go three at the back for the last 10 minutes of a game, you know, when we're three, two up against Leeds away, that kind of thing, um, I think it's going to be spot on, to be honest. Mm. I think, and the experience he brings as well is, is, is I think he, 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 a rough guide is <clears throat> how the fans of his previous club react R- to that lyrical, player. They, yeah. And I think yeah. the Blades fans were a little bit gutted to yeah. lose him, so <laughs> it says a lot to me. Nah, you're right. Oh, on the same note, then, I looked at the Derby feed yesterday and they weren't too complimentary about Jacob Butterfield. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll come on to him in a minute. Um, next one through, the third signing, James, Ryan Tunnicliffe. Probably the least known of the of the signings. Um, maybe with the exception of the goalkeeper, but we'll come on to him in a minute as well. But got lots of pedigree, came through the Man United ranks, uh, played plenty of championship football, which is a theme of all of these signings, again, with the exception of the goalkeeper. Um, and by all accounts, I wasn't there on Saturday, but by all accounts, he showed touches of what he could do. Yeah, it was hard to pick a man of the match, really. So, um, Did you have to pick a man of the match? No, it was the sponsors who did it, really, but they, they picked Ryan Tunnicliffe. Um, he did look the he, best player on, on show. He's he got, just looked composed he, to He's me. got an assured touch, which mm. you can tell... You get that even you're, you know, Man- Manchester United alumni already. Um, he's he's knocked around the championship for much of his season, uh, much of his career. He, a little spell with Fulham when they were in the Premier. Yeah, he did jump. So, uh, you know, he's he's obviously got some pedigree. Interestingly, he's left what you would call one of our rivals in the bottom, sort of seven or eight, to come here in Millwall. So maybe we've stolen a march on them, sort of thing, by taking him. Yeah, very possibly. Um, I think I saw one of those accumulator sites giving tips on where each team would finish up and I'm pretty sure Millwall were getting relegated by their accounts and Luton were one or two places above the relegation zone. So you'll take that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I would wager that wouldn't be too far away. Uh, next one, Tony, another player um, familiar with Graham Jones, Brendan Galloway. Um, JJ's replacement? No, it seems that way. Um, he's taller than JJ. And by all accounts, he's quicker, quicker from what I've heard. Um, 
thought very highly of at Everton. England so under twenty one yeah, international. Exactly. Yeah. The only black mark about him is where he started, but um <laughs> you know, he's he's obviously decided to upgrade and join a proper club. Um <laughs> No, I, I, I think it looks good. The fact that we're attracting players of that calibre speaks, you know, volumes. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him play. Yeah, a real sign of where we've come from, actually, um, that we're signing these these levels of players. You're absolutely right. And I guess another sign of where we are now, um, Kev, is the fact that we've had to break our club record transfer fee. It stood for 30 years. Uh, I barely remember... Um, us signing Lars Elstrup, but uh, that's gone now. Um, we signed the Rijeka goalkeeper, Croatia international, and I'm reliably informed it's Simon Sluga. Um, oh, Slugger's much better, surely. Well, you know, to me, to me, a normal simpleton, it's Simon Slugger. You're right, but you know, for the for for the purposes of those listening, I'm, I think it's Simon Sluga. I've got um, Croatian friends, absolutely right. Yeah, already kept a clean sheet in Portugal. Um, by yeah. all accounts, couldn't do an awful lot on Saturday, but going to be an important player for us this season yeah well again you know the team that finished second in the World Cup you know he's getting anywhere near their squad let alone getting into it then he can't be that that useless between the sticks and to be fair obviously on Saturday I was there and uh and he actually made a brilliant save for ironically Norwich's third goal. Um, yeah. where he, he yeah. was point blank, spread himself brilliantly, got a great hand on it, but unfortunately it dropped straight one of their strikers and tapped it in. So but again you can't gauge anything from A, a friendly and B. I think we trained on 10 o'clock the following or the morning of that game or something daft. So the players were all very, very tired anyway. But um, yeah, I think from day one, I've said we need a goalkeeper for this season. We need, I mean, I think Shea is an excellent Lee one goalkeeper, but I just think we need something that can handle the mm. championship. And as I say, he's number two or number three Croatian international, but I'll take that. Definitely. So for those of us who weren't there on Saturday, gents, mm. apart from looking like um, Rocky victim Ivan Drago, mm. what uh, what sort of credentials have we got from this goalkeeper? I mean, tall fella. He, yeah, yeah. He did, he did look like he commands his box. Mm. Um, you, I mean, you saw a lot of him. He didn't have a hope of most of the goals. Like Kevin said, he did uh, pull he off no a great chance with any of them. He pulled off a great save to um, deny Cantwell, but then Dermic was lurking about and knocked in. He pulled off a couple of other good saves. He was fairly commanding in his box, big lad. Heard him shout a lot as well, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Which is good, I guess, yeah. considering he's only been here a little over a well, week. I'm I, I, I led to believe that this is the first time he's ever been to England, mm. let alone played football in England. He's pitched up a week ago in the country, and he's, yeah, yeah. absolutely right. So. I think he needs time. He <clears> obviously <throat> needs time to get to know his teammates. They need to, time to get to know him. You know, and form that partnership because, I mean, if you look at last season, that was half the success was the the back four trusted Shay and Shay trusted them. So it'll take a a little while to earn that, but he 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 looks promising. As I say, don't get me wrong, love straight to bits, and I think last season he was absolutely brilliant. But for me, I always, I personally, again, people may disagree, and they're more entitled to, but for me, I felt that that we needed a another level of goalkeeper for the championship because it is that much of a step up. No. I don't read social media a lot in the summer and I don't take much notice of what I do read but there was a lot of stuff written do we need to spend 1.5 mil on a goalkeeper thoughts on that? yes yeah well it was 1.5 million euros so Yay. It translates <laughs> to about 1.3 million pounds at the time well, if only someone had appointed that yeah. out on social media we could have saved an awful lot of time couldn't we? It was, the official thing was it was more than 1.5 million pounds I think so can we use the term ish? 
Yeah. It was 1.5-ish euro, ish million They broke the million pound mark anyway. Yeah, so, um, I guess in today's world, it ain't a lot of dosh. It's just a lot of dosh to loot yeah. town. In the real world, load of money, but in the football world, not a lot. Yeah, yeah absolutely just, right. Just a lot to loot. And really. Yeah, yeah I've, I've actually heard as well people asking, um, are the club commentators going to make the step up as well? Well, we'll uh, <laughs> he's not on this podcast, so he's obviously um, off learning something. I saw he had a video on, of, of his commentary on Saturday, Simon didn't he? Pete. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Simon Pete. He's um, in training now, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Doing beat test. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be interesting. James, there's always a contract saga at Luton Town in a summer. Uh, I've, for as long as I live there's always a contract saga and this year it was Kazenga Lua Lua mm. to the point where we'd kicked him out the door after he didn't sign only for three weeks later to reel him back in again your <laughs> thoughts on that first of all and well how how good it is or bad if you think that way that he's back oh I'm delighted he's back because um, on his day he scares the living daylights out of defenders um, it's a shame that he's going to take he's going to be three weeks behind everyone Absolutely, else going to take yeah. a while to come back uh, but delighted I'm back absolutely um, baffled that it happened that way um, I have fact, a theory which I'm more than happy to share in a second <laughs> <laughs> but I mean I, I asked Graham Jones on Saturday after the Norwich game what happened why did he come back and he just said um, that he pursued it he was the he was the middleman that he said the club had their position Kaz <clears throat> uh, had his position but he really liked the player so he kept in t- contact and yeah, kept, I heard that uh, as well. Kept trying to negotiate yeah. it, and and they got him back in. So, fair play to Jones in, in, in that case because he's obviously, he, I mean, he saw Lewin for a couple of months at the end of last season. And saw what he did and how influential he is. He's the the thing is he's obvious championship quality. Absolutely, he, he just had injury problems in the seasons before he came to Lewin, which is why he thought when they offered him a new deal, we should just said yes straight away. <laughs> he didn't. Oh well, they'd sort it out now. But uh, you need pace power and trickery in the championship if you're going to try and unlock the door he's got got all three absolutely and we should stress here really that because he didn't sign that deal straight away doesn't mean to say he didn't want to play for Luton Town he's a footballer it's his career he's off he's entitled to pursue the best terms and conditions Mm. that he can get from the club yeah, just absolutely. because he's now come back that shouldn't be held against him right no not no, at absolutely all. not at all and as I say I mean my, my whole theory I don't know if anyone saw the image of when he signed his new contract and his agent was stood next to him or sat next to him had a face like thunder so whether or not the negotiation went um, south first of all because of his agent who knows but um, agent in here and all that kind of stuff but for me Loire Loire always seemed like once he'd settled down and started playing just after Christmas it just seemed like he was at home he was like yep and he was loving his football he seemed happier um, and as I say, as as a footballer, absolutely brilliant. I mean, I've, I've, more than good enough to play in the I've championship. I've seen a couple of criticisms of you know Tim Peep saying, "Oh, he didn't score enough goals for us." But I, I remember he's he's not he's not a goal, goal scorer, but a goal maker. And how many goals did um, Collins score when he played? You could almost guarantee Collins two goals a game yeah. when he was playing up top with um, Kazenga. So yeah. yeah, I think I've said before, haven't I? It baffles me that people only take goals into account and not the goals that they set up because if they don't set them goals up they don't get scored Absolutely. either so effectively if you add the two together he contributed well, it's, an awful lot I mean he would be bit, well into double figures wouldn't he no, so, it was yeah. a little bit off piece but back in the day many many moons ago in sort of the early 90s you had uh, Peter Beersley playing for Newcastle up front with um, Andrew Cole or Andy Cole as he was then um, and he used to set up nearly all of his goals. He, was, he, was, he was like, had like 20, 25 assists a season. Rowan Vine for and, us. Um, yeah, 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 more absolutely. Recently, yeah. So for me, a player can get 20 assists or 20 goals. It, 
it's almost as good, in my opinion. I know if you're playing through on goal and you've got a goalkeeper coming out, fell to your right, who's going to score 100%, you're going to spend 50%. For me, you pass it every time. Because you, unless you're six nil up, then have a shot. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's the effect of people how they interpret stats these days. They use them to try pursue any Beat old people point. up or yeah. put them up on pedestals. Even well, if you, it, really. if you saw the the saga around Gareth Bale, somebody put up on um, Twitter about the stats that he'd acquired compared to the stats that Zinedine Zidane acquired. Yeah, I read that as well. Yeah, Zinedine you know, Gareth Bale, don't get me wrong, is a world-class player, but Zinedine Zidane was a once-in-a-generation world-class yeah. player and he won everything, mm. country and uh, club. So to just put the naked stats next to each other and go, yeah, well, Bale's better than Z- <laughs> Zinedine Zidane <laughs> no. is just silly. Yeah, absolutely yeah. right. I totally agree with you there, James. Zidane was just... Another level. Yeah. Another, another echelon above world-class, yeah. maybe universe-class, I don't know what yeah. they call it, but... Mm. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, there's only probably about six or seven world-class players, actually world-class players. Mm. It gets banded around too much, in my mm. opinion. But I completely yeah. agree with that. Yeah, Zinedine Zidane's like universe quality. Yeah. <laughs> so then there's one last player who strangely arrived in a police car. Um, <laughs> ominous. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sure what he was up to. Maybe uh, they thought he was a bit of a gangster with that beard that he's sporting. But Jacob Butterfield, um, trialist uh, in Portugal. He was, yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, none of us have uh, the uh, financial clout to have gone to that game, but um, <laughs> no, by all accounts, he must, he, he must have done well to get a contract. I mean, you can't doubt it. Again, he's another player who's, who's got the ability and potential. I mean, there was a clips of him playing for Huddersfield um, doing the rounds on uh, YouTube and on the message board. And you look at that and his vision... And being able to play a through ball that nobody else had seen, and also being able to take players on, tremendous player, absolutely tremendous player. So he's got that, and uh, obviously, you know, I think in the, his trial at the club, he must have shown something. Well, he, he went from from Huddersfield, where he was, he was doing those things, for five mil to Derby. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, you don't you don't transfer five million for yeah, you feel yeah. useless, unless not. unless. Uh, your leads back in the day when they thought they were big shots. <laughs> Sign <everyone. laughs> You don't like leads, do you, James? <laughs> well, this is going to be an interesting season. Then. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I know, yeah, but you, we all know that sometimes a, a, a player can go to a club. It just doesn't work. I mean, we've got plenty of examples of that. You know, Adam Boyd. Um, mm. You know, it, it just doesn't work for them. You know, so um, it I, probably is that case yeah. you know hopefully now that he, he's at the right club and but he's, he's 29 years old he's played 300 plus games of uh, championship level football um, he's in his prime essentially if he just needs maybe an arm around him to, to say mm. you know you're the man and see how, see how he does mm. in fair enough position? another ex-Barnsley player position yeah. of him uh, midfield centre mid is he more of a number 6 or number 8 sort of defensive um, mid or attacking mid or attacking mid yeah Yes, because if you look on that uh, YouTube clip, that's what he was doing. He, he was attacking midfielder. I think, you know, what we've got um, in midfield, I think we're, we're very well mm. Who's Who going to be our number six? Because I, I heard that Barry was getting played at number six in defensive midfield. I, I think Jones was just trying stuff out. Yeah, because yeah, at one point, Shinny was back there as well. Yeah, he? he's <laughs> the one who I think yeah. will be it. You think Shinny? So? Really? I mean, that's not where mm. we... I don't know. 
I mean, I know Sheehan can play there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, just having looked at Mar- Rob- Roberto Martinez's sides and um, obviously Graham Jones alongside him in the past, they often have a ball player deep. If you look at the Belgium side in like the World a quarterback Cup, type exactly. Scenario, that. If you yeah. look at the Belgium yeah. side in the World Cup, that's Kevin. That was Kevin De Bruyne's position. Whereas right. at Man City, obviously, he's much further forward. <coughs> yeah. I, I mean, I might be wrong, but I would. Rumor. I wouldn't be. Let's say I wouldn't be surprised if we see Andrew Shinny lining up. You the heard it here first. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned De Bruyne because. Oh, we can't do this without mentioning the cup final, can we? Well, as, as you as, <laughs> well, just as, have to as mention you, it, as you brought it up, it made the summer quite sweet, didn't it? <laughs> Absolutely, I think we're still laughing from the cup final, aren't we? Yeah. Only what six or was it five, six times? Six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lost yeah. count. Yeah. It's a good job, actually, because if that was 30 years ago when they were last in the cup final, they wouldn't have had the score thing in the corner, would they? That's true. So yeah. no one would actually have known how badly beaten no, they were. But the best thing was, the best thing, which was the icing on the cake, is when the EE decided to do a run of adverts highlighting the fact that it got stuffed, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch you getting stuffed in virtual reality, isn't it great? Well, the, the, the thing that tickled me about it was they've been in two cup finals and they haven't scored in, in either of them. It's a good effort, that. Very good effort. <laughs> it's hard. Tricky Indeed. to do. <laughs> Let's get back to uh, yeah. the town. Uh, so yeah. we've gone through the players' outs and ins, but it's not just the players that have um, had a change. It's the coaching staff as well. We'll come on to the ones that are here in a minute because there was particular subjection over one incomer. Um, but let's just talk about Steve Rutter's exit first. He's left to go to Greece, James. Um, no one really knows the impact that he made, although Mick did hint about that in the last podcast that we put out at the, at the end of the season. But clearly he made a, an impact of sorts and um, could be a big loss. It could be. I mean, if you want to look at the um, the stats that, you know, after arguably after he came in that was the the turning point when Luton started playing amazing are these the stats that you use to benefit what you're saying yeah yeah the, the ones I'm massaging <laughs> but uh, you know he did win a title so speaks to it in the end but um, yeah you're, you're right he's was, was the quiet man but uh, you know every word we got from anyone we ever spoke to about him said he's He's got a proper footballing brain, and he's sort of uh, everybody full of praise for him. Yeah, yeah. The strange thing is that you know when he left, um, he said it's easier to get to Olympiakos from where he lives and see his family than it is to go to Luton, which is a bit. Annoying, yeah, I, I, I heard the same thing from within the club that yeah. it was his choice to go. Apparently, Jones wanted Jones him to stay, yeah, yeah. and uh, it was his choice. And, and I've heard the same thing that. Um, the hours he's doing at Olympiakos he can spend more time in Yeovil with his family it yeah. sounds strange that but apparently that's well they have winter breaks and all this yeah. that and they the other don't they games, yeah, winter breaks and it's nicer weather and you might be on a bit more reds as well so it's probably <laughs> yeah. good news all around for him yeah uh, we definitely thank him for everything that he did for us mm-hmm. uh, last season and wish <clears> him all the best at, um, well in Greece and um, hope to see him at Kenilworth Road again one day um well, Mick Harford was the manager the last time we did a podcast, but that's not the case now. Obviously, it's Graham Jones. Tony, what are we expecting from Graham Jones? Uh, I know Mick said uh, in that chat that we had with him at the end of last season uh, that he's the man to take us forward, but he's been in charge now for a couple of months. What are your initial impressions? What very, are your thoughts? Very impressed with him. Um, I think uh, he says the right things. Um, he's more measured 
in what he says mm. when 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 he talks. Yeah, he might be from and the Jones know, sort of brigade, but he's seems no, to be the totally, dead opposite of the, totally the other Jones, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, different approach. I mean, more with, balanced with our, as well. With our previous Jones, I, I, if you think back, a lot of it was all about him. Absolutely, yeah. You know that now, hindsight, yeah, absolutely. Now with Graham Jones, it's totally different. It, it, it's about the football. Um, I I think we've got the right man for the job. Um, if you look at the experience he's got, although he's never he's never been number one before, um, he's actually learnt from some good managers, particularly Martinez, um, where he had plenty of input. And, uh, you know, you're not going to be a bad coach if you're offered an international role, which he's got. And, and uh, I, I can see us pushing on from what I've heard. The, the there players. is an exception to that rule. It, yeah. A.D. Boothroyd. Well, yeah, that, that is very <laughs> true. There's one in there. There's one that brings A.D. Boothroyd up. That is very true. Um, but I think Graham Jones is a, is, is a lot more classy and at a higher level than A.D. Boothroyd. I think uh, Jones um, won't entertain kick and rush. Um <laughs> And uh, I think he's the right man. Our players seem to speak very highly of him. They said he's brought new things in. He's, you know, freshened it up. And um, he's just a... He just seems an all-round decent guy. He seems to know what he wants. And um, I think it's like everything else. He'll need time. Let's just hope the fans give him that time. Yeah, absolutely. Kev, your thoughts on his appointment? Yeah, I think um, from what I've read and what I've heard, I think he had a lot of input at West Brom um, mm. when he was with Moore. I think the normal setup is you have a number one and number two, and the number two gives advice when asked. But I believe, from, again, from what I've read and heard, that it was a lot more of advice given and, and put into the team and more structure, etc., given from Jones than... Uh, than uh, would normally be with when Moore was the manager there. So, and again, his ca- his caliber, I think, is is way what we need. I think it's absolute spot on to be honest with what he's done. One of the things that first impressed me with Graham Jones was, uh, you know, we heard that he was the first choice for the job, and he was the only choice for the job, and he he was approached um, just after Nathan Jones left. And I think the measure of the man is the fact that he turned around and told them in town that he wouldn't leave um, West Brom until the season had finished. And I like that, and I like that integrity. Mm. It's a pity there isn't more of that. Uh, That's fair enough. It seems to be a a balanced approach. James, you've uh, spoken to him after the Norwich game, and obviously you've looked on, on his first two months in the role. What are your early impressions? Well, the boys here have summed up on a, a football brain sense. The the thing I like about him is uh, the speed in which he talks makes it far easier to transcribe his quotes after the game. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's just perfect. That, just that'll do me for start stuffing. That'll do me for the meet the manager night later in the season. Then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, keep it real, James. Like yeah, that, very, very real. Yeah, <laughs> never mind the football. Yeah, yeah. You you yeah. focus on the important things uh, that's going on. Happy with the appointment though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you you've got to trust the board in these um, things. If they've scouted him out and tried to get him twice, um, twice, yeah. and we know that they have their lists of people that they want next because football is transient and footballers and coaches move on. So they knew if they if they knew that they wanted him once Nathan Jones left, and they were 
prepared to ask him straight away, then uh, then he's got to be the right man. You've got to trust what they're doing. Um, you know, they've made more right decisions than wrong ones um, throughout their whole tenure, really, haven't they? They've, Absolutely, they've, they've yeah. improved and learned as they've gone along. So you've got to trust that. Um, like like Tony says, uh, Luton, Luton try to recruit the player they want, but they also try to recruit the man they want, don't they? There's got to be the right yeah. fit. And, and, mm. and, you know, the, one of the quotes that the old manager used to say that we never, you know, never printed was like, <laughs> wankers, no tickets. <laughs> um, and, you know, that's a fairly decent philosophy, philosophy to live by, really, isn't it? If you want to gather a group of people together and have them get on. I guess in hindsight, you could ask how he slipped through I the think, net. But um, <laughs> I think when I meet him, yeah. it's going to be very hard for me not to ask him if he's got Luton in his blood. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I, th- I think the appointment of the manager, I mean, it was pretty much well known anyway, wasn't it? Sort of towards the end of last Worst season. Worst kept secret, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I-, I think that went down pretty well, but his appointment of his number two certainly didn't. I think that's fair <laughs> to say. Um Former manager Gary Brabin's back at the club. Now I'm going to take the lead on this because I have absolutely no problem with Gary Brabin returning. Um, he's not returning as a manager. We should stress that as much as we possibly can. And I've been told by a lot of people in the game that his coaching sessions are as good as they've experienced. He has an excellent record as a coach and in the role that he's been appointed to do, he'll be absolutely fine. So I don't buy into all of this negativity about it. Key fix, fix yeah, the lock, to, definitely. I think the trouble is that there's certain elements within the Luton fan base that find it very hard to forgive what they Do see. We need as, to as, forgive, as, though, Tony, because he's... At the end of the day, he was a whiff of the post away from being the hero. Exactly. And, and as bad as he may have been as a manager, and I don't really want to get into that, but he was the whiff of the post away from. I don't think I'd, I'd, I'd call him a, a bad manager. He wouldn't be in my top 10 Luton managers, but, um, what you got to think about is the club were going through a bad time at that period. And he was the, the man that, that that got the job, and um, he did his best. Did what he could. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he was well liked um, as a person by the supporters, and he's always been well thought of by 2020. Uh, that's good enough for me. I mean, he, he's coming in as a coach, and as you said, Kev, he, he's got a fantastic reputation as a coach. So, you know, it's... It, Move on. Just let the guy do the job he's here for and get behind the team. Get behind them. You know, some guys have short memories. It, it, it just, you know, we've done well. Jones is, is, is a football man. He obviously knows what he's bringing on. It's his choice. Let him get on with it. Well, I guess that's the big thing, isn't it, Kev? Because whatever we think of him as football fans and what he did when he was here previously, whether you look back on that with regret or, or whatever the fact is he's Graham Jones's trusted assistant the mm-hmm. guy that he can trust that every manager needs they've known each other since they're playing days from way 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 back when so you would think as a pair they're going to be enhanced as what they would be as individuals no absolutely I think in some ways you take things apart and you say well there's elements involved um, 2020 have got um, Jones in they trust him and therefore you trust his decisions mm-hmm. Um, and obviously his number two has history of course he does but he was given a bit of a 
a pooey stick, shall we say, at the time, mm. and really? he did what he could. Um, so for me, I think he will do the job that he's been asked to do. And like you say, I mean, I've heard the same rumours that players rave about his, his sessions, that they're fun, they're enjoyable, fitness is good. So for me... He's in. Let him let let's support him and the team, and, and let him let him do his job. And let, let's not forget that he was the guy that brought Andre Gray to the club. Absolutely, yeah. And that rest of that is history, isn't it? So yeah, absolutely, indeed. yeah. James, you was covering the town when uh, he was manager. Yeah. What were your What are your thoughts on all of this? I think the thing to take from um, the thing to take about Gary Brabin now is the same thing that he had back then, which was he was a good personality he was a nice bloke to be around the players did like him he was like the friendly persona so if you put that now in his role jones is going to be the man that picks the team makes the hard decisions Upsets people yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely and gary yeah. brabham is going to be the man that tells you come on lad you're doing all right and he's got a brilliant way about him for doing that mm. he's, he's that sort of person so that's it'll, a good point, yeah. up the players so and that is you know that is a big part of the number two role really isn't it so mm. um don't think about He's what not was, a manager. What it was he? when he was the manager, and um, not only because he was doing a different role, but Luton were different proposition back then. You know, it was bad times, and we're not in bad times anymore. So get over it. Yeah, <laughs> can't, yeah, say, yeah. Um, yeah. can't say any fairer than that. <laughs> no, you can't. And, and look, since he left Luton the first time, he's had some pretty good roles at clubs. He went to Everton. You know, yeah, you know, they're not going to take him on as a coach if he's snap. No, absolutely right. Yeah, you, you're spot on with that. Uh, a couple of um, contract extensions since they've um, been appointed that I think we should have a quick line on. Uh, Harry Isted and Harry Cornick, we seem to like our Harrys for contract extensions. Um, good news again, I suppose. Yeah, good news. Yeah. No, good absolutely. News. Yeah, I mean, no, Cornick for me, um, I always remember the, uh, the Bale-esque almost goal where he hit the post and went about... I mean, I think he went row about C or D. He went that far wide of the pitch as he ran down the uh, mm. down the line. Well, um, absolutely Elliot brilliant. Elliot Lee scored from the rebound. He did. In fact, Elliot Lee was celebrating because he thought it was in, and he hit the post. Oh, I better put this in quick and tapped <laughs> it in. But yeah, so for me, um, if if Cornet could could um, hit the target, it'd be a twenty million pound striker. But mm. uh, but uh, no, I think he's a lovely lad, and I think um, I'm very very pleased that he's you can uh, see he's a extended. definite progression with him though. Since Absolutely. He He's slowly improving. He's got all the. It's almost like you, you're sort of you're baking a cake, and he's got all the ingredients, and you're just waiting for the right temperature <laughs> to get it right, you know. And I think if it ever clicks, boy, will he be a player? But we'll if, wait you, and if see. you take the Norwich game at the weekend, and there are probably mitigating factors that Norwich were five-one up at the the time, and they'd already taken their foot off the gas before the fifth. Um, but when he and Moncur came on, Luton were a bit. They were a better team. Yeah, they had Monco had a better range of passing, and he was using it well. And Cornick was suddenly stretching them a bit, so they were on the back foot. I and thought, that's what he does. I thought Monco looked really good, it's and, he, and he's lost weight as well, hasn't he? And he looks class. fitter. Yeah. yeah, I mean Monco. I mean, I've, ever since he joined, I mean, my only worry with him is, is his um, whether he's lazy or not. That was my only worry to be honest um, but I think when he came in against Norwich and like you said there's maybe an element of their 5-1 up and they're already you know back on the on the coach but for, for me he just looked busy he looked at it he looked alert he looked like he's looking for a pass all the time and you've got Cornick running around like Ellis Chicken as well looking for space and you know the game went another 10 minutes who knows he might have put him through and so Cornick would have scored but for me Monker looks a championship player all day long mm. ever since he walked in the door I mean the the thing that struck me as well was uh, with Cornick's running on Saturday. 
for the first time you'd got fullbacks that looked like they could stay with him. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. Yeah, yes. Where did they, where did they come from? Them fullbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Come from. Yeah. Where did they come from? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, interesting that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on to our expectations for the season. First of all, the team. What do you expect from the team and where do you think it will finish this season, Tony? Um, I expect from the team 100% effort. Um, I want them to play quality football. Um, I think we're capable of finishing probably lower mid-table um, but as I've said in previous seasons I'll happily take fourth from bottom on goal difference um, as long as we stay in the championship I think we could surprise a few people I mean I, I, I don't think we'll do anything like we did last season um, and I think supporters have got to take it a little bit on the chin because you know, the, probably the f- past three seasons they've known a winning team. Mm. It's going to be that much tougher and harder. Um, if we lose a few games, so be it. Um, but take it for what it is. It's the ride it is. We are probably there sooner than we expected to be. But I'm not knocking that. I think it's brilliant. So, I, you know, just enjoy it. I, I think um, they want to do it. Obviously, they want to do as well as, as possible. So um, get behind them. And I, I, I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be okay. What are you looking forward to this season, Kev? Uh, oh, blimey. Just the season starting. Um, <laughs> just I've been missed it a little bit. Um, I think, to be honest, obviously the new players, it's always exciting to see new players. Um, as we say, I think... It's going to be exciting to watch, I think, when he gets his um, feet under the table, as it were. Um, definitely from an expectations point of view, um, I, if someone handed me top of the bottom half right now, I'd snap your hand off. I think if we do finish in the top half, it would have been an amazing season. Um, but I do concur. At the end of the day, if we finish fourth bottom, then it's fine because we just want to keep staying and consolidate in the championship, I think. Um, you're right, though. I think, I think players, as a, as a, as a supporter... And dare I use the phrase, phrase proper supporter, not a glory one or one that comes along for the ride when the going's good, but a, a, a support that's been there through all the hard times. A, we're in the situation probably a season or two early anyway, season or two too early, um, or earlier than we thought. But for me, it's just about supporting the team week in, week out. Um, and I think enjoying it as best as we can. I mean, I mean, last season we were having a drink and saying, how did that happen? Now how did we get promoted and now we're going to be in the championship? How, how did that happen? Sort of thing. It was unreal. So for me, enjoy it. Um, I, my only worry is you're going to get some inverted comm- commas fans then you get frustrated and you get the boo boys and things. Um, and that will be my only disappointment, I think, if you hear that. I mean, I'm glad you mentioned enjoy yeah. it. You've both mentioned enjoy it there because I've read... On social media again, and I've tried, again, I shouldn't really dwell on what I read on social media, but you know, how everything's going to be a struggle and how they're not looking forward to it and all of this. But come on, that's bollocks. Yeah. Where were we 10 right. years ago? Where My were words. we five years ago? Yeah. You know, well, Joe, can you we're not, right this isn't going to happen. Yeah, exactly. yeah, this isn't going to happen. But if we lose 46 games this season, we're in the championship for fuck's sake. We're mm-hmm. not in the, in the, 
conference no more. We're not, we're not, no disrespect to any of these clubs, but we're not going to Hyde. We're not going to Accrington. Just for you, Tony, we're not going to Wickham. <laughs> you know, we're not going, <laughs> everything's a bonus. We're, we're not going to Forest Green. We're going to Leeds United. We're going to the European champions, Nottingham Forest, Derby. Absolutely. These, we're going to big clubs. Just enjoy the bloody season. No. It is going to be fantastic. Absolutely right. I mean, I think well, the other thing I would say, and I, I, I implore everyone as much as possible, never boo your own team. Never. No, if you are a supporter, the clue for me is in the title. You support your team. You're a supporter. Yeah. I mean, I, for one, have never left my seat before a game has ended. Never in my life. The amount of times I've been dying for, to lose before half time and I've hailed it on because yeah. I have never left my seat and I never will. And I think, I must confess on a slight tangent, I always find it quite great when we score in the last minute and loads of people have already gone. It's quite oh, funny. Yeah. There's nothing better. <laughs> yeah. Makes it all a bit sweeter, doesn't I it? I mean, it, it was in Luton, but I always remember that League One playoff or League Two playoff final a few years ago, the Wickham and South End game. I, I, my memory's gone now and I can't remember which way round it was, but loads of fans were disappearing, weren't they? And the team equalised in extra last minute of extra time and you saw them flooding back in. Yeah. I'd have shut the doors. So you're not coming in, I'm afraid. Yeah. I, I, I'm, Just, I'm, sorry, Kevin. No, no. I was going to say, actually, I... I I'm a little. I feel a little bit sorry for Three Counties Radio because they've got their first Saturday sport of the season, and what they got Wickham <laughs> and Steve Lynch. <laughs> yeah, they ain't even got Milton Keynes, have they? Because that's been cancelled. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. James, what's a successful season? Staying in the league, I think. And anything else is a bonus, you know. I just, I, I kind of just want the feel-good factor to stay and I don't mean Luton have to be winning I don't expect them to be winning every game like they did before but like the boys that have said there you've just got to enjoy the season what has happened in the last two seasons has been phenomenal but now in those in those divisions you were a big fish in a small pond and that's not the case anymore you are playing the pond's got size. bigger yeah Absolutely the pond's right. got bigger it's got so so big yeah, and someone's <laughs> chucked a few sharks into that thing as well <laughs> it's got sharks, millions yeah. of pounds bigger yeah, for each right. uh, of those big clubs the more so and you can look at their balance sheets and they're all throwing money at the uh, problem to try and get to the promised land of the championship and they you know they're in debt and Luton aren't in debt anymore they're, they're a well run club who aren't going to jeopardise that anymore so if you think that they need to be spending five million pounds on a striker to get goals to get where what you know just mid-table or something it's not going to happen so enjoy it for what it is we're going to be going to proper grounds proper football's back basically isn't it proper (laughs) football's back where every single week every ground you go to is going to be absolutely chock-a-block and I always always bring this up as an example do you remember in the conference when Forest Green came on a night match they brought 12 oh, fans my word, yeah. and those 12 fans didn't even bloody sit together no, no. <laughs> they come off the same way not a spass as well so yeah. they must have had an argument on the way up exactly <laughs> no. that's not happening again uh, no. you know you're going to you're going to great places the away days are going to be fantastic because they're not you know the arse in the nowhere anymore you're going to <laughs> big cities and big towns they are not going to like coming here the, the fancy boys playing in front of 25,000 yeah, Bamba, 30, yeah. 30, yeah. people. Sol Bamba was on yeah. Sky and yeah, I'm actually saying just that uh, obviously he's a Cardiff City centre-half he's injured at the moment but he was actually saying he played at Kenilworth Row for another team Blackburn, years ago. Yeah, in the Blackburn, cup, yeah. that was it. Um, and uh, he said it was an absolute nightmare. He felt 
um, that when you were anywhere near the side of the pitch, you're, you're going to get grabbed by a fan. Yeah. You felt you were that close. And um, that, that is exactly what the fans have to harness. Like you say, don't boo them. Never, make ever boo your own those team. those players that already don't want to come and play in that ground. Make them feel like they never, ever want, want to come, come back, back afterwards. Yeah. Make, and that means support yeah. your team and get on the opposition players. But absolutely. But look at a lot of them. They turn around and say that when they sign for us, they want to play in front of our crowd because Absolutely. I've experience of it. I mean, on the other side, yeah. interviewed um, Matty Pearson. He was saying that, and he actually scored at Kenilworth <laughs> Road for the other team. So, you know, that's it. But I think I probably speak for all of you here that um, we want to enjoy it, but at the same time, we and I, I, I certainly feel it that I would far rather loot and get relegated than get into debt. Yes, exactly. yeah, concur with that definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, we, we we've got to be grateful for what we've got, what we've been through. I think has forged us into a really good unit in terms of club and supporters. We just need to keep it going the right way because you look at it, and everybody I I, I speak to. <clears throat> who support other clubs say they like Luton they say we've done it the right way um, what we've been through and everything they're, they're, they're pleased for it apart from apart from the W lot yeah yeah and <laughs> probably the, the, the plastics up the road <laughs> oh god yeah don't get me started yeah, <laughs> excuse me <laughs> and one or two QBR fans as well I so guess... that's the club I hate this season <laughs> fair enough I think, I think the big thing is that like like you've all said, this is a big pond. But hey, we're in we it. Go back thirty years ago, yeah. and we thrived punching above our weight. And absolutely, you know, there's the no reason why there, we can't do that again. There will be people that compare the two. Is that you? Uh, you could just forge. You could just create a good team if you've got the right players in. And the, the, yeah, the financial money's so much more now. So you're much, right. So much more a factor now. You're like, absolutely that's right. That's why Luton could mix it with uh, the Liverpools and the Arsenal as well, the big teams. I suppose in, in some ways so. this is where Mick comes in with his own thing after because obviously he's out there looking and scouting and you'll find those little gems, those little diamonds in the in the rough mm. and then before anyone else does. And obviously we've done it before. Yeah, no better game well, to do that. So, you know, when I, when I first started um, as a kid supporting the town, uh, most of it was in what was Division 2 which is Championship now and at that time we were one of the big fish mm. yeah. It, yeah, yeah it shows how it's how it's changed but I think that you can you can turn that on its head and say that the positive there is embrace that underdog spirit because that the other teams that you play that most under, of them are all right going to be yeah. the team that expected to beat them so the pressure's off finally you know you've managed pressure amazingly for two years it's off now just go out there and try and you know yeah, stick the, it up with a bookmaker's underdog on Friday night and you're probably going back 10 years since the last time we were an underdog in the league game at home it's, yeah, absolutely. Uh, mm. it's something big uh, chaps you're not getting away without giving me predictions so um, where are we going to finish Tony? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one 17th Kev? 12th James? Two places above relegation. 20th. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I also want... What about yours? Uh, I, 
I don't really follow the championship, I must say, but I've got one of my best mates, the Blackburn fan, who was obviously in it last season, and he assures me there's next to nothing between 8th and 18th in the championship. So, Which is what um, the Macca was saying to us when we interviewed him um, last season. He he suggested that that... I mean, the, the, the team's changed now, hasn't it? So you haven't got that continuity, but he was saying that Luton team could comfortably finish mid-table. Yeah. It's just the top seven, eight that are trying to spend all that money to get to in the get Premier League. Yeah. I, I think we'll get stuck in the middle of that. So 14th somewhere along those lines. Yeah. Um, just before we wrap up this little um, section, I just want your thoughts. I want you to pick someone out who was, who was already here from last season, who you think will kick on again this season. And someone maybe who might go, might have gone under the radar who will impress this season. So take either one of the, take either one of the two, Tony. Um, I think from last year's team, Shinnick, Andrew Shinnick, um, he has experience of playing at the ch- in the championship, but I think he, since he's come to Luton, um, he's improved. I mean, he, look, he looked fantastic last season. And when you consider the first season he had with us in League Two, he didn't look the player he did last season. And I think he's got everything about him to be a good championship player. So I'm really looking forward to seeing Chinny. I think he'll kick on this season. Kev? For me, I think Barry. I think I've been impressed with him since he came from, uh, from um, Cambridge, I thought. I, I put him in the category of a Rolls Royce of a midfielder he just seems like he's got I mean again this is obviously League One but he always seemed like he had a lot more time on the ball than everybody else I think his first touch was impeccable and he can see a pass as well so hmm. I, I I have no qualms in him pushing on to be honest um, and I think uh, Neuville who's obviously been on the bench a few times as well now I could see him getting a few games um, from what I've seen again when he's playing the checker trade I think Again, it's, you get this feeling. You think, yeah, you're 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 good enough. Um, I think uh, I think he might be a bit of a surprise. Get a few more games this season. Good shout, James. I think the player I want to see kick on really is Dan Potts because he did you forget he was the first choice um, left back last season until he got injured, and then JJ came in and had a stormer. Uh, but when he was at his best, he was a he was a hell of a threat in the opposition in the box. Air, yeah. mm. straight in the um, I want to see him kick on because he's my first goal scorer bit every week <laughs> <laughs> um, you, know, and it, you know he's got big boots to fill now because of what JJ did last season and we're going to need him to be top of his game really I mean he, he, you know he comes from uh, good background good footballing background so it's, it's now time for him to you know step up and you know show what, he, show what he's got in his locker really anyone yeah. under the radar under the radar hmm. well he's not under the radar is he Harry Cornick but I would really like him to you know come through and hit the target hit the target <laughs> yeah 20 um, million quid if he does yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> he's a it's fair to say he's probably a class as an impact player at the moment mm. isn't he but yeah, if, he could, so. if he could get that I think it's good in space so I think when you're that fast yeah it's one of them it's like FIFA and you've been playing FIFA it's what you do you've got a fast player on the bench last 20 minutes stick him on because he's going to be twice as quick as everybody else yeah. I think that gives him suddenly that little bit of extra time especially in League One then he can suddenly get a shot away because he's got that much freshness and he's that quick 
whether that's as much as going to be as a, a thing in the championships, wait and see. But I'm absolutely on board with you, James. If if he kicks on, he'd be mm. one hell of a player. Mm. Um, and I hope he does. He's a lovely lad as well. So like, let's hope he does. Do you know Great. what I feel a little bit sorry for, really? And it's because he's a really nice bloke. It's James Shea because he's done nothing wrong. Yes, absolutely yeah. right. Golden Glove winner, the League One. And, you know. yeah. Ultimately, he's in the position that he was in when Stetch was here as well, isn't he? So he's just got to get his head down, work hard and take his chance when it comes it will come I, at some I point I don't subscribe to that in goalies really because no. there's only one spot and, and generally you'll have your number one and if he's fit he's playing I mean Stetch though I suppose went against that gripe didn't he because he for some reason just lost it yeah just totally he's lost just it he's got to be ready, ready for and if I, that happens again I mean when Stetch signed I was thinking that's brilliant he's playing the UEFA League you know he's playing the uh, UEFA mm. um, Europa League I thought blimey he's, he's going to be a one hell of a player and he looked great for what two months and then suddenly Zeb went and it's like what's going on here he looked like Clamity Jane he made one mistake didn't he and he he just lost it and he went right to his head and he just lost it I'm looking forward to seeing if Pelly kicks on again this season because he's got all the attributes to dominate the championship he really has he's a a Marmite player though isn't he yeah he very much is I mean we're big fans aren't we Um, I mean for me with Pelly I mean Pelly for me is is like an enigma It's, it's almost like he can be not world class, but you can certainly be like, wow, what a player. When a lead's going to spend 10 million on him, you know, it's wow. And then the next game or the next 10 minutes, why have you just passed it four yards to someone in your position? What are you doing? <laughs> That's the it's thing though, isn't it? I mean, the like, fact that Leeds and Forest have rumoured to have been looking at him for seemingly endless years, yeah. they must they must think he's a championship player. It depends on what time the scout turns, what day the scout yeah, turns indeed, up, isn't indeed, it? Yeah, indeed, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, in Leeds' case, I'm sure they'll have been spying on training Absolutely, as well. But, Allegedly, of course. Um, I'll t- tell you another player that I really want to see do well, and you won't see him for a while because he's recovering from a very long yeah, injury. Yeah, well. Oh, right, yeah. And again, forgot a man. Forgot he, a man. Was, he was fabulous before. He was you with us at the Civic Reception? Yeah, when we were speaking to him, yeah. and he spoke so well. Yeah, I remember, was, I, I, spoke, fan, I, thought, I spoke to him when he first joined the club, and he was he was like a boy who didn't really know what to say and Absolutely. just like repeated the same like line every such a again. Football yeah and when we spoke to him at the civic reception he was a different, we included it in the podcast yeah he was yeah. a different he was a different man just so yeah, passionate really about the club and oh, playing he, football he, he loves the club yeah, yeah he loves and, the club. and just spoke so well and just like well where's, where's that come from that's not the glenn ray that came in and so that's you know that's a man developing there i mean glenn ray's a great shout as well footballer. yeah absolutely because i mean literally he's a forgotten man he's been injured for what six months mm. um and but he, he was, was keeping McCormack out, wasn't he? running the team yeah. yeah before he got injured McCormack couldn't Captain get in how good he was captain yeah. absolutely totally forgotten man and in some ways absolute top shout if well, he can come in and carry on when he's back fully fit he, he will be like a, a, a new signing yeah um, the classic phrase but yes you're absolutely right the, the <laughs> other one I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing and seeing how he copes with championship defences is James Collins Collins yeah yeah yeah, because I mean, there was question marks obviously over him early doors last season, wasn't there? When he couldn't hit a barn door, not around this then... table though. When it was the <laughs> no, James, no, no, not here. Not <laughs> but here. he couldn't hit a barn door for about a month, and then suddenly, bang! And it happened. And I always knew it would happen. And the amount of times I'd seen him hit, in training, it threw at volleys from twenty yards and sticking the top bin. So the quality's mm. always there. And I said to my my dad and anyone who else wants to listen, um, you know, quality doesn't just disappear. You know, sometimes I, I, it I'm, just clicks. I'm slightly concerned there because so much of uh, his, his service came yeah. from Stacey and yeah. Justin. 
Shinny will find someone else to pass to. to put <laughs> it's, it's fine. But it's you fine. see, the, the, the good thing about Collins, I think, he, he has got that knack of being in the right place at the right time. Oh, yeah. That's the experience. Yeah, experience. Career, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Couldn't kick it more than 10 yards. The other one, the... of course, that would be interesting to see when he's fully fit and, and there is uh, Danny Hilton. Well, yeah, indeed, yeah. I mean, I was just about to say, I actually, I'm actually advocating Elliot Lee to have a big season. Mm. Um, we don't have silence. Yeah, he's coming in for a bit of stick, isn't he? But um, I think. Well, people are quick to forget as well. Um, before he got injured, yeah, he was unbelievable. But for yeah. me, though, you yeah. see, he's a number ten. He's not oh, a striker. For me, no, for me, he's a striker all day long. I, I hate think he him sits, in number ten role. I think he sits in just behind for me. I just don't think he's strong enough. And I guess therein lies the problem in that. He what is do, his position? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's, you know, you can say the same about like he did earlier about Martin Craney and yeah. things like. That. And let's look forward then, gents, because I think we're all bubbling with excitement about uh, what's to come. And if it starts of the season go, we've got a right cracker. Mm. We really have. And thanks to Sky for once, actually particularly for those who've got tickets because it's going to be an even more epic occasion on Friday night under the floodlights than it would have been on a Saturday afternoon Um, so Middlesbrough at home championship football at Kenilworth Road for the first time in going on 13 years can't wait definitely oh I'm actually going to say 2-1 Luton well it's actually similar similar kind of approaches Kevin in many ways because they're under a new manager mm-hmm. so much in the same way that people are slightly unsure what Graham Jones is going to bring to the party no one knows what Jonathan Woodsgate's going to bring to the party from them other than he'll probably get injured walking from the tunnel to the, <laughs> to, to the back of six months absolutely right yeah <laughs> but we're, we're kind of in the same boat if anything they're, they're maybe in a different entity in that they're going from someone who bored the tears out of everyone in Tony Pulis mm-hmm. To a guy who's preaching good football, but you can't just flick that switch no, and go from not. crap to good in no absolutely time. Right. I think that that, that lies our chance to beat yeah. them. To be honest, I think Tony Pulis has got a great. What's the way of putting this? Tony Pulis does what he does very well, but no one likes it. Yeah, the chairman exactly. love it because he stays in the same league that he started in. Um, yeah. But it's boring. It's long football. It's it's horrible, horrible to watch. So of course you've got a bunch of players, um, other than the new sons, of course. Um, that are used to playing in that way and you're right you can't flick a switch you can't just say right lads pass it now it's going to be great we're going to do little triangles it's going to be wonderful so therein lies our chance I think that from all rumours has it that we will play the same as we played for the last two seasons mm. slightly different personnel perhaps but the, the, the ethos and the systems will be the same or very similar as where I think Middlesbrough will be hopefully looking at each other going what are we doing? <laughs> what, what system are you playing again? Um so hopefully, fingers crossed, that is the, the case. Um, I, I hope we win. My heart says we'll win. Head probably says it'll be a draw, but um, a lot of it just depends on how we kick on, how, how we, whether it's nerves, whether it's our usual voodoo of being in, the cam- being in front of the cameras. Um, <laughs> so, so I think it should be a great game no matter what, and an amazing atmosphere. So, Well, I guess... If you look at our last two title winning seasons, you want us to lose one nil on Friday night, but of course we don't <laughs> want that to happen. But James, if you was previewing this game for a publication or a website or something, how would you start a preview of you know putting everything and condensing it into what the night means and things? Uh, I think I think you've just you've got to start with the, <laughs> forget the football for a minute. The atmosphere is is, is what I'm looking forward to. Mm. Night games at the Kenya are amazing anyway. 
if you take the the fact that now fans feel like they're back where they belong you can't go there with anything but absolute excitement and shout your head off and be have a great oh. time and also it goes back to the point I was making before like intimidate the hell out of me <laughs> the fans won't want to go there you, you can count by the amount of people who go oh I'm walking from somebody's front living room to get to the stand <laughs> like yeah we've heard it before mate the fans won't want to be there the, the players won't like it if you get at them so do everything you can Luton are now the underdogs you can't expect them to win every time but what you can do is try and help them out a lot and so proper that, 12th man yeah, absolutely right. absolutely yeah. and, that, and that's what I'd say having said that I've only seen them play Norwich this uh, pre-season and it was not yeah, no, I and I take no it that you Friday night, is it? can't like judge it by anything. So, but the oh, the optimist to me, based on that, is sort of saying, "Oh, a draw would be a good result." Whereas the, the well, realistic it, it is a, saying yeah. we might get pegged. It gets us started. By, by a goal or two. You're right about the excitement. I've been like a kid at Christmas all weekend. It's only I'm, I'm excited. I'm so looking forward to seeing the new TV gantry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and and these whiz, wizardry funny things around a pitch that have got sponsors logos on them um, it's not just the first home game that's good we couldn't really have asked for a better first away game Cardiff away just come down from the Premier League one of the big shots in the division giving us 3,000 tickets there or thereabouts and I don't know, don't know what went on with their tickets but they decided no. to, decided to <laughs> knock a quarter off of it halfway along which is happy days for all of us that are going um, I can't wait for that either yeah I mean I know there's beef in the past between Luton and Cardiff and I'm sure they'll surface itself in the week to come but I mean going away to a, a Premier League team three months ago I'm sure we'll get a warm welcome uh, <laughs> not in Wales it's always cold when I've been there it's wet as well it rains yeah yeah that, I mean that's good I mean and the, a side that were recently in the Premier League as well that, that that's going to be in some ways a, a harder test than Middlesbrough at home well, it, de- you know, it depends, I, th- I think, because uh, it could be the Sunderland, could be the Sunderland effect when they went in championship. They thought, oh, we'll, we'll bounce straight back up. Yeah, the, I'd, I'd, they I'd, made a documentary about how they did. I'd back us for a point there, actually. <laughs> yeah, that'd be uh, good. Let's hope the Warnock's upset eight at ninety minutes. <laughs> well, <laughs> not hard to be fair. I'm not so much worried about Warnock being upset at ninety minutes, but his assistant can be as upset as he likes. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Least said about him, the better. Uh, mm-hmm. This start don't get no easier with West Brom at home. These are free genuine football matches. Absolutely so. right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the only thing I'd say about West Brom, of course, though, is we played them twice last season, and, and in my opinion, we're the best team twice, mm-hmm. um, home and away. Um, away, I thought we were absolutely spot on. We held the ball. We played better football than them, arguably. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, um, uh, playing them at home, it was just one of them days, really. I think, to be honest, we were hitting the post and various things, but. So that optimism is rife in my brain, but <laughs> I mean, ten years ago we'd, we'd have killed for this fixture list, wouldn't we? Absolutely, we would. yeah. absolutely. In many ways, James, it's a little bit like last season when we played three of the yeah. supposed big sides early doors, and who knows, it might help us. But don't really ease up for the fourth game going to Hillsborough. Um, <laughs> you know, although they hopefully the, the journey to Hillsborough is as fine as it was last season, yeah. but can the game of football just be? two million times better because like I've said before I don't care what Nathan Jones tells Simon Pitts that was bullshit as a game of football it was was a boring game of football it was so boring Um, 
But, I had a good day up there, though. Yeah, it was a nice day out. Yeah, <laughs> but the rubbish game of football. Awful game. But they've let Steve Bruce just left them, hasn't they? It's a nice out, chap, so. him, isn't he? Yeah? So, go, go to cricket and uh, join us when you're ready. And uh, <laughs> oh, do you know what? I'm, I'm naffing off now. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice boy. So you know, maybe they could be in a bit of turmoil. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. Still got a manager, have they? Uh, no, I think they announced that the fella who. I I didn't think they were that much cop when Luton played them last season. No, not Particularly in the second leg when there's no way Luton should have lost that. No. He he was in post, what, six, seven months? No, not even that long. No, because they appointed him around about the time that we went there in the cup, but he'd already booked to go to cricket in the West Indies, so he didn't take over until after that Chelsea game, (laughs) which we would have played if we'd beaten them. So he'd probably only there three months all told oh, from hell. times that he actually walked through the door to the time that he walked out of it again nice chat that's, that's worse than worse than Nathan Jones isn't it well not, yeah, well, yeah, I guess I'd, it is. Uh, maybe, yeah. maybe uh, they went to the same school. <laughs> if there is a winnable game on paper uh, in August, as in a game that you'd think, yes, we've got a really good chance of winning, is Barnsley away yet? Yeah, arguably they've they've lost a few members of their squad, haven't they? Um, they have lost yeah three or four. Lost a lot of their squad. Players, the goalkeeper's yeah. gone, hasn't gone, he? Gone, two yeah. centre halves and the goalkeeper's gone. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think they've replaced with similar quality. Not like for like, no, I yeah. don't think so. I mean, although to be fair, I think Barnsley were probably the best footballing side we played last season. Yeah, right, I thought they were yeah, brilliant. They were really good, absolutely brilliant. They were the best team at some. Something must end. have happened because the bookies have them as relegation fodder. They do indeed. Yeah, yeah. So them and Charlton. Yeah. And then the mother finishes off with another Premier League team from last season, home to Huddersfield. I don't suppose, I guess, if there's a team in this league that maybe you don't know what to expect, it's probably Huddersfield, because they should never have been in the Premier League in the first place. And I'm not being disrespectful to them. It was clear from the outset that they were punching above their weight. So in many ways, last season was always a write-off because they were where they shouldn't second have been second season syndrome really I mean I think yeah. they, st- they stayed up and it was like such a big party it's, they had a massive hangover for six months didn't absolutely they absolutely that so do they so, reflect on that and think well now we're back where we belong we'll be comfortable at this level or does it take them a few games to adjust in which case they come down here a few Premier League prima donnas don't fancy the job got a lot of foreigners haven't they and, well it's certainly um, in, interesting the fact that I, I a lot of their players and then other clubs will not have experienced anything like Kenilworth Road. No. You don't get that in the Premier League, that's no, for sure. You, you, and and uh, it's how they cope with it, isn't it? The, the fans were excited. They were singing about coming to Luton. They were. There's a few sets of fans that have um, been doing that. Well, they might not yeah. like it when they're here. But, but um, they make comments about our ground and you say going in through back garden, but most of the thought it's a proper old school proper football old ground. ground. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Unlike Huddersfield itself, which is plastic, one of those plastic ground. Yeah, mm. one of those new build things. And 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 okay for us, it's a shithole, but it's our shithole. Yeah, yeah right. that's, that's love it. Absolutely right. It's that time that you all. Uh, enjoy yeah 18 points up for grabs in August how many we get in Tony and how many would you be happy with why are you starting with me uh, <laughs> do you know what I've got a pain on my left hand side and I can't keep looking that way yeah, I, well I wouldn't go far as far to describe uh, James as a pain but, um, no. he's, he's been called worse uh, um, 18 points up for grabs I'll go 9 Kev I would be ecstatic if we get to double figures 10 points would be brilliant yeah I, I had 9 in my head before you said it so cheers for stealing me and thunder. you'd be happy with 9 <laughs> you'd be happy with 9 
I'd be accepting of nine. Yeah, mm. accepting. I mean, don't get me wrong. If we take you know eighteen, I'll be you know doing naked dance in the streets. But that's not a bet or anything, all right? But I, um, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like that when we were asking those questions in the last two seasons, we were framing it with the expectation that Luton would be doing something. I think it's now like I would accept those points. I'm sort of kind of looking at it as two different things. There's a a football match and b a day out. I'm really looking for it. It's like a you know the whole season like a jolly boys outing really <laughs> so I mean you, you said nine but do you think we're more likely to get 12 than six or six than 12 a, a lot of it a lot of it, with me there with numbers <laughs> there, I, think, I think a lot of it to be honest is to do with momentum I think if we you know get I don't know four points in the first two games then suddenly it's like oh, oh we can play at this level we are good enough and then it, it breeds confidence and the good feel factor carries on from the squad if we get hump 3-4-0 in both games and suddenly it's like oh maybe this is a bit harder than we thought so a lot of it really comes down to those first two three games I yeah, think yeah and I suppose if we do go down go down the right way like we did at Portsmouth um, hmm. yeah I mean Portsmouth again Portsmouth last season Doncaster. I walked away from that state that you know, at, um, at uh, Portman Road Portman Road that's it switch Fratton Park uh, Fratton Park thank oh. you um, I walked away from that ground not a worry I thought we absolutely mullered them I had two Portsmouth yeah. fans come yeah, up to me twice actually said oh we, we were lucky to get a point there he said obviously they're one but he's, they were lucky to get a point and I thought the point you're making is well received I said <laughs> and I did not have a, 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 any worries in my head at all I thought we are going to be fine this season because we, we mullered them so, that's what I hope to come away on Friday night thinking yeah, whatever the result. Now, yeah, <laughs> yeah well, whatever the result. I know what you, I just, know what you mean. Yeah, just will be fine. Tony, um, let's finish off this podcast. Then there's been a lot of change in the playing staff, in the coaching staff, but there's also been a lot of change with the trust since um, the end of last season. It was announced in May that we've taken over Solid, and we also have a new secretary on board. Just give us a few words on each of those, please. Um, Start with Solid first. Yeah, with, with Solid, it, it, it seemed a, a natural fit for it to come in with the trust. Um, the people that had run Solid had, had done an exceptional job, but they felt it was time um, for some new blood, as it were, and to look at different and fresh options. Um, they approached us and we thought, it, yeah, it was a good idea. We've got people who'd like to get involved. Um, since that's happened, uh, there's been uh, at least two... Um, funding opportunities. One is to provide um, laptops for the um, the youth players who are coming on board, and um, second, we, we've just uh, partly funded a tour for the, um, the youth team as well. So um, yeah, it, it, it basically means that there's going to be more opportunities to do uh, fundraising for Solid. It's another um, incentive for people to join the trust uh, knowing that uh, some of their money is going to be going into solid so uh, and it's um, it's a mutual benefit thing synergy is the word and um, we work well together and uh, everybody's happy about it and uh, I think it's going to be good going forward and just a few words on our new secretary, Nicky Middleton. Yeah, well, welcome Nicky Middleton on board. Um, nice lady. Um, she's very keen, uh, very enthusiastic. When we had the vacant position of secretary, we had four good applicants. And uh, Nicky came in and 
had everything in terms of experience um, that we need. Um, look forward to working with her. And um, it's good because it also means we've got more female representation on the board, which is good. And it's also meant that our previous secretary, uh, Brian Thompson, who worked very hard in the role, um, has moved on to being our membership secretary. And he's already made a, an immediate impact with that. He's putting together a, a really good team. Um, we've got uh, targets to increase our membership and they're, they're well on the road to doing that. So it, 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 it's positive and we've got a good future. Well, I would appeal to people to, um, you know, if you're not a member of the trust, join, because the more members we've got, it strengthens us as an organisation. It increases our influence within the football club. We've got an excellent relationship with 2020. Um, and we want to prove to 2020 that we're there supporting them 100%. That sounds like a perfect place to uh, round off our season preview podcast. Chaps, thanks for joining me. Thanks for looking ahead at what's to come. I hope uh, we live up to everything that we've built around this table. Uh, Tony, James, I'll see you again the next time. Kev, thanks yeah, thank for popping you. in and joining thank us. You. Hopefully no you'll problem. come yeah. back and thanks, uh, see us again at some point over the course of the season. And we can assess how we're going. And, uh, well... Roll on Friday night, gentlemen. Come on, you ratters. Come on, you ratters. <laughs>